0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel Galveston.
1: It was God who was in charge. And don't mistake it. It was God who was in charge. It, any church should be set up the exact same way. God in charge. God in charge. I don't care what your government is. I don't care about that. That's that's silly right? Congregational, elder-led, blah, blah, blah. No, is God in charge or is He not? Please tell me you got smart enough people that their eyes are on Him listening and watching, okay, He's moving. Let's follow Him. Like, that's what you want.
0: In a world where people are busy and often distracted, it's easy to forget the real purpose of church. In today's message, Pastor James talks about how the church needs to be led by the Lord, When God's in charge of the church, the focus is on serving Him and serving others. It's about building a community of believers who are dedicated to following His teachings. It's about creating a space where people can find hope, peace, and purpose. When He's in charge, He provides. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: So we're going through the book of Numbers. Two weeks ago, we, we finished in chapter eight. So we're just going to pick up in chapter nine because that's just what we do. Start chapter one and we go all the way through. And this is, we're going to cover nine and 10. Just to kind of give you a heads up, there's going to be um, a reminder of the Passover and, and just a celebration of that. And then we are getting like onto the road trip. The road trip that lasted forever. Okay. Uh, the the uh if you if you've ever been on a road trip with your family and it was a disaster, it probably doesn't compare to the road trip Moses was on. Okay. I'm just saying this poor guy, he he deserves a, a high five from all of us when we get to heaven for what he had to put up with for 40 years. Okay. That that dude was a, a saint, a servant of God, a humble man, and we're about to start diving into exactly what he had to put up with. For 40 years in the wilderness, okay? So chapter 9, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they had come up out of the land of Egypt, saying, let the children of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. So if you remember, which, you know, maybe you've been reading through the Bible this year, which is a highly recommended thing to do. You've already gone through the book of Exodus, I would assume. You, you saw when Passover was instituted. Okay, when it was started, it was started by God, and it was when they were in Egypt, and Pharaoh had his, uh, his kind of control over the children of Israel. He did not want to let them go, and he was basically playing games with God. Yeah, I'll let them go. No, I won't let them go. Yeah, I'll let them go. No, I won't let them go. And after all these plagues and everything, there came the time for the Passover, and all the children of Israel had to mark their doors with blood so that the angel of God would pass over them. And spare their firstborn child. And that was, not, that was not the case for any Egyptians who, you know, obviously didn't have that protection or that covering. And, and that, was, that was basically it. That was the thing that broke Pharaoh's back, so to speak. That was the straw that did it. And so God had told Moses and the children of Israel, you're going to celebrate this thing every single year. Every year you're celebrating Passover. This is what you're going to do. What we're going to see as we go through the, through the Old Testament together, and if, if you're reading through the words, you know, through in a year, you'll see that they stopped doing that. They didn't really hold to that like they should have, okay? But here, we're, just, we're giving a reminder in chapter 9 of God telling Moses, keep the Passover. Every year, you're going to do this. Even if, when you're going through the wilderness, do the Passover, right? Remember, and that, that's the thing. Remember that God set you free. Remember that God set you free. Hey, Christians, remember that God set you free. Why don't you celebrate that all the time? Like once a year, I just, I celebrate the fact that I've been set free. No, 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 no. Every day when you wake up, you're free. You're free, okay? So this is just a reminder. Now there is a little hiccup in the plan, so to speak, okay? So we keep reading verse three. On the 14th day of this month at twilight... You shall keep it at its appointed time. According to all its rites and ceremonies, you shall keep it. So Moses told the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at twilight in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did. This is good. After chapter 10, there's, there's no more obedience. Just a heads up. Okay? Just a heads up. This is where the obedience runs out for children of Israel. Because after chapter 10, they're not obeying anymore, okay? So these are all good. We highlight these points because, yes, praise God, you're doing what he said. Praise God, you're doing what he said. Now, verse 6, there are certain men who were defiled by a human corpse, so they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moses and Aaron that day. These men, or, and those men said to him, we became defiled by a human corpse. I want to know that story. Like, how? how, do you, how do you, it seems like they accidentally became defiled by a human corpse, and I'm just wondering, did it fall out of a tree and land on you? Like, what, how? How did you just, how did you get defiled this way? Anyways, so they're, they're coming to him, as like, it, w- it wasn't our fault, all right? They're, they're pleading innocence in, in this defilement here. Why are we kept from presenting the offering, presenting the offering of the Lord at its appointed time among the children of Israel? And here's a great, great reply from Moses as a leader. Moses said to them, stand still, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. That's like the greatest response. When somebody comes to you with a question, your response to them should be, give me a minute. Give me a second. Let me me look into it for you. Okay? Because Christians, we have this habit of like thinking we should know everything, which is very unfortunate because you don't know everything. And your friends who don't know the Lord may have legitimate and serious questions. And we feel like this obligation that, well, if I just talk a whole lot, the answer will come out magically. That's not the case. Rarely does that ever work. Okay. The best thing you and I could do is be like Moses and say, you know what? Let me pray about this. Let me just pray about this. Let me do my homework. Let me do my research. And then I'll come back to you with whatever I find out. Like that is the only appropriate response, I believe, when somebody comes to you with a question. And You don't know the answer? You don't know the answer. It's okay. It's okay. You got a brain that God's given you to do the homework. And there's the disconnect. Sometimes Christians, we just get lazy. We get lazy and we don't want to do the work. Like, we don't want to do the research. And I'm going to tell you, do the research. It will be good for you to dig into whatever that question is, okay? So that's Moses' reply to them. Stand still, just hold on, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you. The the other, the flip side of that too, is the fact that Moses doesn't come up with his own answer of like, well, kind of, here's what I think is best. Moses was submitted to God. And Moses was going to get all his answers from God, okay? And that's, that's, that's a good leader. That's a really good leader. Somebody who's willing to say, you know what? Let me talk to God about this, okay? Verse 9 says, the Lord spoke to Moses say, saying, speak to the children of Israel saying, uh, sorry, there's, I'm reading out a new, new King James. Normally I'm in a new living translation, but I wanted to break out my new King James. So the wording is a little different for me, okay? It says, saying, if any one of you or your posterity is unclean because of a corpse or is far away on a journey, he may still keep the Lord's Passover on the 14th day of the second month. Okay? You can still keep Passover, but it's going to be a month later. All right? So you're not excluded from it, but it's going to happen a month later. It says, at twilight, they may keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. And they shall leave none of it until the morning, nor break one of its bones, according to all the ordinances of the Passover. They shall keep it. But the man who is clean and is not on a journey and ceases to keep the Passover, the same person shall be cut off from among his people, because he did not bring the offering of the Lord at its appointed time. That man shall bear his sin. You, that's good. Okay, so here's from God. To Moses, to the people, look, if you're out of town and you come back and you miss Passover, celebrate it the next month. It's okay. You're a month late, doing it by yourself, that's fine. But you can still celebrate it, right? If you were defiled, that's okay. There's grace, there's grace. It's not like, well, tough luck. I guess you gotta wait till next year, right? No, he's like, no, just do it the next month. But, but for the rebellious one, for the one who is like, well, I just don't want to do it. Oh, well then you take care of your own sin. How about you, fig- you figure that out? You, you take care of your own sin. Like that's how like deep and serious this is for Moses and for, the, for from the Lord. Like, oh, you don't want to do it? Oh, well, then you don't understand what Passover is. Passover is God sparing you. Can you, can you save yourself? Because you can't. So this is like, this is this is that kind of that thing where, you know, you kind of drop the hammer like on your kids, so to speak, like not literally, figuratively. Where you just have to throw down like a major kind of thing. Like, no, this is how it is. And in case you want to do this con- something contrary to that, there's going to be some serious repercussions. So, for anybody who is a rebel within the children of Israel and you don't want to honor the Passover, okay, well, good luck trying to absolve your own sins. <laughs> like, good luck. Yeah, go for it. Figure that thing out because you can't. Here's what's also kind of cool about this. The, the, next, the next verse, 14. If a stranger dwells among you and would keep the Lord's Passover, he must do according to the rite of the Passover and according to its ceremony. You shall have one ordinance both for the stranger and the native of the land. This is kind of cool, okay? So let's say you have some Egyptians who've come with you out of Egypt and they want to celebrate Passover. That's fine. They got to do it the way that God said to do it, okay? They can't come to it like, well, you know, our culture would really define it as this. No, 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 your culture doesn't define anything when it comes to God. No, he sets the standards, he sets the standards. We went through this and through the book of Leviticus. We don't define what worship is. God has already defined what worship is. He's already defined what he allows and what he does not want. We don't get to come along and say like, well, but God, these are new days. He's like, no, I don't think so. Okay, whatever new days you have, you only have them because he's given them to us. We as humans are not smart enough to, do, to redefine What worship is? We don't get to do that. God is supreme. He is. He is God. So he he says, "Look, if you're a foreigner, you want to celebrate Passover, knock yourself out. But you got to do it exactly the way that I've I've asked the Israelites to do it. So you're invited to the table. Just do it the same way, and that's kind of cool. I love that. God is like God cares. He cares about his kids. He cares about the foreigner. He cares about all these." He's like, look, you want to come to the table and celebrate freedom and life? Well, come on. But you're going to do it like this, though. You're going to do it like this. So it's kind of nice that their God is, is setting that standard. You know, you have the, the allowance for those who are defiled, the ones who are out of town, the, you know, the inclusion of the foreigner, but then also the warning for the one who is like, I don't want to do it. Okay, that's fine. Then figure out, you know, your sins are on you then. Okay? So very strong warnings there. But Moses is, is including this as they're about to get into the journey, right? Here's the next part, okay? So we got the cloud of fire, and this is going to be, you know, representative of, you know, God's presence with them. I wrote down three things here from Warren Wiersbe concerning how we are led today, okay? So children of Israel were led in a specific way through the wilderness. How we are led today is, Warren Wiersbe said this, we have the Holy Spirit within us, okay? And have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the word before us, all right? And we have the Savior above us who is interceding on behalf of his, of his kids every moment of every single day. So they had a cloud of, you know, a cloud by day and a f- pillar of fire by night. Sweet, we got it better. We have it better. So don't be envious of like, oh man, that w- it would have been cool to see, yeah, but I'll take what we have any day. Holy Spirit in you, yeah, please. Does it get any better than that? No, it doesn't. The word before us, that's sweet. That's why we keep this thing open. That's why we read it. That's why we study it. And a savior above us who is watching us, praying for us, preparing a place for us. Yeah, we, we got it. We have it pretty good, guys. We have it this side of the cross, we have it pretty good. Okay? So for them, they're gonna have the the, the cloud and the, the pillar of fire. Verse 15 says now on the day the tabernacle was raised up, a cloud covered the covered the tabernacle and the tent of the testimony from evening until morning. It was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it, was, so it was always the cloud covered it by day and appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, after that, the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, the children of Israel would, would set up their tents, pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued along many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle for a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning, short trip, okay, Whether by day or by night, or when the cloud was taken up in the morning, they would journey. Whether by day or night, whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, a year, the cloud remained above the tabernacle, children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, that's a common phrase, okay? The command of the Lord, they remained encamped. At the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. I read through that whole section basically for this. God was their leader, okay? Was Moses in charge, and did God set up Moses to lead them? Yes, but don't miss the point that God was in charge, okay? Moses didn't go out and say like, all right, hey, God, I think it's time for us to go. He never did that. Moses walked out of his tent, which was really close to the tabernacle, just like everybody else did, and like, Clouds lifting, pack it up, it's time to move. Okay, so Moses was smart enough to keep his eyes on the cloud, okay? He was used by God to shepherd, to lead the people, but it was God who was in charge. And don't mistake it, it was God who was in charge. It, any church should be set up the exact same way. God in charge, God in charge. I don't care what your government is. I don't care about that, that's, that's silly, right? Congregational, elder led, blah, blah, blah. No, is God in charge or is he not? Please tell me you got smart enough people that their eyes are on him listening and watching. Okay, he's moving. Let's follow him. Like, that's what you want. That's what Moses had set up. He was watching the same cloud everybody else was watching. Was Was he in charge? Yeah, he was in charge. Okay. But it was God who was leading the whole way, the whole way. And that was in it, you know, and if God only wanted to camp out here for one day, that's as long as they stayed. If he wanted to linger here in this certain spot for a month, that's where they stayed. And they all had to follow the cloud by day, pillow of fire by night. Okay? So the the key behind that whole thing is God was and is in charge. He's in charge of his people. A good some good advice for you and me is keep your eyes on the cloud, so to speak. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord, okay? Not on yourself, because I put my eyes on myself far too much, and I end up going nowhere. And it's hard to walk around when, if you're staring at yourself, right? Like, you're going to crash and bump into stuff, okay? It's also hard to walk around when you're just focused on somebody else. Focus on the Lord. Focus on the Lord. And, And just constantly pray, like, okay, Lord, In my life, like, where are you moving? Where are you moving? Because wherever you're going, that's where I want to be. Wherever you're going, that's where I want to be. And if if I'm in this season of my life for right now, because this is just where you want me to camp out, then so be it. Help me find contentment there. And sometimes you'll be in seasons of your life where it's like really sweet, and you don't want him to move at all. And he's like, pack up. You're like, no, no, I just got here like yesterday. He's like, it's time to move. It's time to go. Go where? Is it going to be better or is it going to be scarier? He's like, well, you'll know when we get there. Okay. Just keep your eyes on me and let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. Keep your eyes on him. This next chapter, chapter 10, it's going to, it's again, it's this last little preparation before the move begins for the children of Israel. So Keeping in the forefront of your brain, the, keeping your eyes on the cloud, okay? Because there's, there's a second part to this whole thing. Verse 1 of chapter 10, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them, out of, make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of the meeting." But if they blow only one, then the leaders of the heads of the division of Israel shall gather to you. So God's letting Moses know. He's like, look, and it's not Moses who has to make these things. He's got skilled people within the group who we already know that. Just go back into Exodus and you can see that there were individuals who were skilled at making things out of metal. So they're going to make these two trumpets and this is going to be a tool that Moses gets to use in directing the people right? Both trumpets blast, everybody shows up. One trumpet blast, just the leaders. Just the leaders. The nice thing about this and how it connects to that previous chapter is, like, we're keeping our eyes on the cloud, but we're also keeping our ears open for the trumpet blast. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Like, we're, we're listening for the trumpet blast, even to this day, right? When he's going to blast that trumpet, And we're we're gone. We're out of here. If you're a Christian, you're raptured. We can debate when that happens, pre, mid, post. Who cares? I'm listening for a trumpet. I'm listening for a trumpet. Okay, I'm a pre guy, but you know that's an open-handed issue okay? Not a, not a deal breaker, people. If you're, a, if you're like, no, it's, it's, it's mid-trib all the way, fine, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm going. That's all I care about, right? Like, I don't It doesn't matter to me when it happens. I'm, it's going to be, a, it is a reality, okay? I'm just listening for it. Just listening for it. Still watching him and still listening for that trumpet blast, okay? That's what these guys are doing. Watching the cloud and listening for the trumpet blast. Was that two or was that one? Two, we all got to go. One, off the hook, the leaders will go, right? So, and they're also going to use these trumpets to, uh, you know, to really to communicate to the group at large concerning moving out and military stuff. But we'll see that as we progress through this chapter. Verse five, when you sound the, the advance, the camp, the camps that lie on the east side shall then begin their journey. When you sound the advance the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. They shall call, or they shall sound the call for them to begin their journeys. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. Okay, so he's just making some clear distinctions for Moses, right? And you, the last person you want in charge of the trumpets is like a jazz player kind of guy, right? He's just like going off. You're like, no, we don't know what to do now. Everybody's running in circles, okay? Like, no, one blast or two blasts. Let's, let's keep it decently in, in order, okay? So it says they there assemblies to be gathered together you shall blow but not sound the advance verse 8 sons of Aaron the priests shall blow the trumpets and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations okay so make the trumpets don't lose the trumpets because you're going to need these things why 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 when they get in the promised land would they need trumpets oh to signify that the feasts are starting cuz they keep the trumpets around So we're going to blast those things when it's time to celebrate.
0: You've been listening to Bread for the Broken, a radio broadcast ministry of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Pastor James Grizzle has been teaching through the Book of Numbers. This is one of many messages found at breadforthebroken.com. So if you missed a portion of it today, we hope that you'll take the time to listen to it in its entirety. The website again is breadforthebroken.com. We understand that your minutes are precious to you and you have other obligations to fulfill. So why not listen on the go through our Facebook live stream? Or better yet, if you're in Galveston, Texas, on business or vacation, why don't you stop in to see what we're all about? If you enjoy a laid-back feel, then this is the place for you. Come worship Jesus while spending time with other believers at one of our two services, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. We'd love to meet you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. Do you ever feel like you want to be a part of something bigger, but you're unsure of how or what that is? Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to help everyone find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. So we're curious if you'd team up with us to reach as many as possible. On our website, breadforthebroken.com, there's a place for you to donate to this ministry. We simply ask that you pray about it and follow the Lord's leading, whatever that might be. Thanks again for spending part of your day with us today. Tune in again next time to spend time in God's Word with Pastor James Grizzle here on Bread for the Broken.